Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, blessings unto you, children of the Most High God. We thank and praise God for another chance and another opportunity to join in with you in the airwaves for the It's Real Radio talk show. We are so, so blessed to be with you today because every day that God gives us is a gift from him, and we shall rejoice and be glad in the moment. Hallelujah. We take our blessings moment by moment. God knows that any given time something is is prone to possibly happen. But in the midst of everything, in the midst of all that may occur in your life, God is yet faithful. And we have to understand that. I am your host for this show, minister or elder or whoever you want to call me, Sister Quinette James. And I am so, so psyched and excited. In just the goodness of God, there has been testimony after testimony after testimony that has come through, um, even in the wake of devastation and the hardships that, you know, our country may be experiencing. But yet and still, God is faithful. And he has given us testimony to his goodness and his glory. And that's what we're going to talk about today is testimonies and how we get to that point. Because you know what? It is awesome to always, you know, say that I've got a testimony, but how did that come about? How did you get that testimony? That's our topic for today, and we're so grateful to God because many of us know that we would not have survived the things that we have walked through if we had not been able to give glory to God. Hallelujah. In the midst of it all, saints, I am just here to say, and to let you know that no matter what you may be walking through right now, in the midst of it all, you can yet praise God. And sometimes we feel that the cares and the troubles of this world come along and drown out the goodness of God or drown out our ability to praise him or to give him glory and to give him honor. But I promise you that there is an other side to this test that you are going through. You see, you can't have a testimony until you have walked through a test. 
So that's that's the the gist of what our topic is today. We said um, in the the launching of the the radio show and and um, the posting of it that our topic today was I have a testimony. How did that happen? How did that happen? How did you get to the place of a testimony? We're going to look at Romans or not Romans. I'm sorry, Revelation the 12th chapter, um, and I believe it is at the 11th verse, and it reads, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now, we're saying, you know, or the first question would be who overcame them. So we're going to go up a verse, and verse 10 says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Okay? And then it goes into the 11th verse that says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So who are they? They are the brethren, hallelujah, that the accuser was constantly before God making accusations about them. They are us. We are the brethren. Whether you are a male or a female, you are still the brethren. Hallelujah. We are the family that has been adopted into the family of God. We are they who will give that great testimony. Hallelujah. So let's look at that. They overcame by the blood of the lamb. Well, first and foremost, we know that we overcome our sin and our sin nature and all those things that the enemy is accusing us of, we overcome that by the blood of the lamb, which was the blood of Christ, which was, hallelujah, shed for us that we might have reconciliation back unto the Father. So without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Without the remission of sin, there could be no reconciliation reconciliation between us and the Father. So we have to set everything in its priority and in its order. God is a God who does everything decently and in order. So in order for us to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, Christ had to come and sacrifice himself for us, which in turn was God stepping into man and giving himself as a ransom for his children. Isn't that an awesome thing? Think about that, that he loved you so much he stepped out of eternity into a mere mortal being so that he could sacrifice himself that we may be reconciled back unto him. Now, I tell you, if you ever thought to yourself that you were unloved, please, please, please rethink that thought because that is true love. That is the epitome of love personified, (laughs) seriously. It doesn't get any greater than that. That is true love. So that's the first part of that scripture that they overcame by the blood of the lamb. So we have overcome our sins. We have overcome our division and our, our void between us and the Father through the blood of the lamb. But the next portion of that says, and by the word of their testimony. And that's the part that we want to focus on today is the word of their testimony. Now, trust me, I am not naive enough to believe 
that some of the things that you guys are walking through right now is not catastrophic and at a place of I don't know if I can get past this. I understand that. And please, please hear my heart because truly I'm not trying to make light of anything that you may be walking through at this very moment. I know the depths of despair. I know that pain and that hurt of losing someone. I know, hallelujah, that that place of I, I keep messing up, God. I keep doing the wrong thing. I keep making bad decisions. That place that says, in that that voice that will come to you and your voice will agree with that says you're never going to make it. You're never going to get to the other side of this. There is no hope for you. You're a lost cause. You know, all of those different things. I had all of those things said about me and to me, let alone, you know, the thoughts that I had over my own self, okay? I was at a place at one time in my life where I didn't feel lovable, that someone could actually love me because how could they love me when I couldn't love myself? So I understand that, that place of despair. But there is a God, hallelujah, who loves you beyond that place of despair, beyond that place that you may find yourself, and that is how we get to that place of testimony. Some of you guys may be walking through some things right now and you're questioning even your soul salvation. You're questioning why are you here? You're questioning, is God real? Is you know, does he really care about me? And if he really does, why am I walking through this valley, this never ending, winding, dark place? Why? And, and we ask ourselves that, and will this ever change? And, you know, this morning I was in service, and God gave me some things, and I wrote them down because they, they were very profound to me, and I want to share them with you. It said, for every season of life, there has to be a forerunner to walk it out and be a testimony to those coming behind them. Most don't understand why they always have tests to walk through, but what is vital is their recognizing the shifting of the season and embrace the testimony on the other side of the test. Now, he gave me some more stuff, and I'll talk to you about that in a moment, but let's stop right there. So you're in that place, and you don't even understand why you're walking through what you're walking through. You may even be in a place where you are saved, you love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, body, and soul, and there were things that when you got saved, you gave up, you stopped doing, you, your wandering eye came back to its right rightful place, you know, you weren't drinking anymore, you're not smoking anymore, all those things that you set aside because of the goodness and the glory of God. And here it is years later, you may be battling with some of those issues or some new issues have arose in your life and you're going, wait a minute, wait a minute, I have walked with you for years, well, why am I battling with this? This is old stuff. I already defeated that. So why am I battling with it? But part of the reason is because there has to be a forerunner. Now, I'm not telling you to indulge into your temptations. Please hear me. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that if you go, are walking through a battle or a struggle right now, it will give you insight to what somebody else is walking through. And as you overcome that struggle, as you overcome that battle, then at that point in time, you can be a blessing to another. You can show some 
someone else, there is another side to where they're walking at. You will have empathy for someone that's walking through what you're walking through. I've seen it way too many times where faith gets saved and forget where they come from, and all of a sudden they got their nose all turned up at other people that may be walking through some of the same situations that they've had to walk through themselves. We can't afford to do that. We have to be those ones that are willing, that are willing to lay down our pride for the glory of God and allow ourselves to go through some things so that we can be an example to some people to tell them, oh, there is hope in the midst of your struggle. There is hope. There is another side to this. You will turn that test into a testimony. I know it doesn't feel like it right now. I know right now you feel like you're in the pit of despair. I understand that right this moment you are shaking your head and saying, I don't believe it. I really don't believe I'm going to make it to the other side. But as I stand here, before God and all of his witnesses, I can decree that, yes, you will. I can decree it because I did. You see, there is a difference when it's just book knowledge, when it's just head knowledge versus when it's experienced knowledge. Once you've experienced something, once you've experienced the goodness of God, once you've experienced the favor of God, once you've experienced experience the love of God, then those words on those pages of that Bible come alive for you. They're no longer just ink on paper. Now they're written on the tables of your heart. And the word says that I have hid his word in my heart that I may not sin against him. And we got to understand, we read things, we hear passages quoted in the Bible, but so Sometimes we overlook the the true meaning of those things. There are times when we'll overlook the simplicity of something trying to make it deep. Let's look at David for an example. The word of God says that David was a man after God's own heart. And this is true. He was. But how are you looking at the context of that? Most people look. Oh, God just really loved David so much. He was a man after God's own heart. But let me put it in a little different context for you. David was a man in search of God's heart. He was after God. He searched after God no matter what he walked through, no matter what happened in his life. He never stopped his search for God. A man after God's own heart. I don't just want what's in your hand, Lord. I want what's in your heart. Think about the Psalms that David wrote. Think about the things that David had to overcome. Think about the mistakes that David made. But no matter what mistake David made, no matter what hardship he encountered, no matter what he had to walk through, even with his very life being threatened by one that he honored and admired, he never stopped chasing after God. Tommy Tenney, I believe is his name, wrote a book years ago, and it was called God Chaser. There's been songs written that say the same thing. David never stopped going after the heart of God. And in the midst of his mistakes, in the midst of the things that he did wrong, this is what really gripped me about the spirit and the story of David. He would throw himself on the mercies of God's heart. 
Think about it. When he was told categorically not to number the children of Israel, and he disobeyed, and he numbered them anyway, and God corrected him and told him, I told you not to do that. And what was David's response? And David said, okay, God, I messed up. Yes, I did, and I'm paraphrasing. He's like, I, I know I did wrong, and I know I shouldn't have not numbered it, and that was my own vainglory and my pride and me sticking out my chest, and I am so sorry. But God, in your infinite wisdom, in your mercy. Let me be a man that goes after your heart. Let me plead my case to your heart. Don't don't allow man to judge me. Let the judgment that must fall upon me come from you. You judge me. Don't 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 let God do. You administer my punishment. Not I mean, I'm sorry, don't let man do it. God, you administer my punishment. You administer my judgment. See, because he knew. He knew the heart of God. Why? Because he kept chasing after the heart of God. God initiated his punishment. And many died because of it. But imagine what would have happened if David hadn't thrown himself himself on the mercy of God. When David sinned with Bathsheba, even to the point of murder. He went beyond lust and adultery to the place of murder. He yet and still placed himself and threw himself and searched and sought after the heart of God in judgment and in punishment. He fasted, he prostrated himself for the life of his child. But when God saw fit to take that life, David continued after the heart of God. He accepted the will of God in the midst of that. It was no woe is me and why is this and what have you. He got up. He cleaned himself up. He went to the temple to give praise unto God because the judgment of God had been cast and he accepted it. And now let's go on. You have to understand, you really, really have to understand what what it really means to go after the heart of God and to have a testimony. You see, David was a strong testimony to what praise will get you. There, there's a passage, I believe that it is in Isaiah, I believe it's either Isaiah or Hosea, but anyway, it says that those who know their God shall do great exploits. This is why David was able to do great exploits, why he was able to defeat the Philistines, why he was able to win in his battle, why he was able to regain his household and the household of his men, why he was able to go before God and God say, pursue and recover all. Why was that? Because he knew his God, because he had taken the time to worship his God, to spend time in the, on the backside of the mountain with the sheep, with his God, in a place and a posture of worship in the midst of it all as a young man as a young man when he faced Goliath he didn't face Goliath in power and might and his own strength he faced Goliath in the knowledge that he had of God he knew his God so therefore when he faced his giant he had a test before him that was able to be turned into a testimony because he knew his God. And he let nothing stand in the way of giving honor to his God. 
He didn't allow fear to grip him. He didn't allow the naysayers and his brothers to come against him. He didn't allow Saul to put something on him that didn't fit him. He went in the word and in the name of God and took down the giant. That is how you will overcome. That is how you will go from test to testimony, knowing who your God is. Look at Elijah. Elijah knew his God. He knew his God to the place of if I give a decree and a command for it not to rain in the earth realm, I know my God well enough to know that he will honor it because he knows that my heart is pure. And the people's heart are evil. And so you will use me, Lord, to give forth a testimony to who you are. You will use me, God, to be your glory bearer. So when I speak, it won't rain. It will not rain. And when I say it's going to rain and loose the heavens and loose the water from the heavens, then the water from the heavens will be loosed and it will rain. Because he knew his God. He could do great exploits. Now, we, 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 we always talk about Elijah and him running after calling down fire from heaven and defeating the priests of Baal, and all of a sudden he finds himself in a cave cowering and telling God they're trying to kill me. But where did he go while he was going through that? He went to God. He went to where he knew his power was. He went to where he knew he could get a testimony from the midst of that test. He went to the God that he knew. So, therefore, he was able to come out of that cave and still do great exploits. How do you get from your test to a testimony? You've got to allow the power of God to take over the situation. I want to take a break right here and welcome my darling, darling co-host, Miss Tanya Roberts. Hey, sis, how are you doing today? Hey, beautiful. How are you? Awesome. I am awesome. Tell me what it be about today, ma'am. Wow. I'm, I was listening to you, and that is just so glory. I'm telling you, just walking in your everyday relationship with God, it is a test and a testimony. I don't believe without a test, you know what I'm saying, we, we don't have a testimony. And why do we have a testimony? Because we, we're to help others. And it's like our kids. I keep telling my 16-year-old, I love you so much. I don't want you to make the mistake that I made. I don't want you to go down that path. Maybe I heard it differently. And I believe that that's the way that God speaks to all of us. I love you. I'm giving you my words so you can understand. I'm letting you come to me anytime you want so I can talk to you, so I can lead you in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. And it's like so much. I'm going through some things right now. We're all going through some things right now. But I thank God, like you're saying, I heard something today, sis. And he said, Joel Osteen said, why is it that we trust God for the beginning and we trust God at the end, but we don't trust God in the middle? And that was really powerful. He said, I'm sure when Sarah was praying for a child, she didn't think that God would give her a child late in age, her and Abraham. But they had a son named Isaac that had his name on it. And I'm sure she didn't know in the middle that God was going to have her husband take her only begotten son up to the hill to slay him. Mm. She didn't know that was in the making either. 
See, I'm two. I just told you guys. I said I got promoted on my job. Wow, at first, man, it just sounds so good. It seemed like it was going to be good before that. And now I'm in the middle of the battle. And I was feeling discouraged. I felt like I just didn't want to do this. I felt like it wasn't even worth it, sis. What is this? Uh Uh-uh, this ain't even worth it. But something was said to me today because you know what I did? I went in my internal soul. And know what I told the Lord? I started singing to him, I need you now. Not another minute, a second or hour. I don't have time to make mistakes. I don't have time to keep going back and looking back, turning to a pillar of salt. I need to hear from you because I need to know what direction to go. And that is, I'm in the middle of a test right now. But my testimony is I heard a soft voice when I finally quieted my soul, sis. I don't mean to talk too much. And I heard this. You got to practice what you preach. I was like, Mm. I was like, okay, (laughs) I get it. Okay, I get it. Because, see, when I was just doing at the mediocre level, it was easy to tell everybody, keep going on, keep your head up. It's all good. Blah, 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 blah. Now I'm on the supervisor level, and I'm going, are you kidding me? Now I'm starting to see more things and different things that I didn't see at the level that I was on. So now I'm sitting there going, Lord, I don't, uh-uh, I didn't sign up for this. This is what I was just telling him this morning. Uh-uh, I ain't feeling this. You know me, Daddy. Okay, I, uh-uh, I know now I can do it. I thank you. I trust you. And I heard, you got to practice what you preach. Mm. So now I got to do it on a different level. So that's mm. my testimony this morning. Wherever you are in your life, see, we always start off with a new business. We always start off when we want to have a baby. We always start off when we want to get married. But in that middle, in between time, in the meantime, when things don't seem like they are, we had a baby, now they're crazy. I know because I got one. We get married, and guess what? The finances fall apart. You know what I'm saying? Since the car breaks down, the house flood out. Now you really got to see it. Are you really in love with that person? Or not. Mm. See, we do things mm. because it feels good for us in the beginning. But in the middle, I'm here to tell y'all. I know because I'm only human. But I'm here and I'm, I, I want to, it's my testimony is to put a lot of people on front street right now. We're going to trust God for the middle of this. Don't feel good and Glory. I don't understand. My child's still acting crazy at 16. But I'm going to trust God because I know he knows the end. And he told me the yeah. end is victory. So why when I go, mm. ooh, yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? He said walk through. He didn't say, yeah, do I get stuck in the valley of the shadow of death? Yeah, do I just don't mm. I stop in the valley of shadow of death? He said, yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I should fear no evil. Yeah. So he said, we got to keep mm. on walking, keep on pressing, keep on believing. We don't know anymore. It's then that's when you throw up your hands and let God have his way. I'm done talking. I love you. Thank you, sis. Oh, no, I love it. I love it because, you know, it, it is just solidifying what we're talking about today, you know, that you, you find yourself in these places and you know, what am I doing here? You know, why am I walking through this? And I thought I had conquered this and all these different things, and I thought I got beyond myself, and then here I am. All of a sudden, I find myself back into a situation that makes me step back, and all of a sudden, I fall back into self, into flesh, saying, oh, no, I don't have to do this. I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to. But here's the key. 
in leadership. See, you said a couple of things, Tam, that I don't even think you realize how powerful they were. First and foremost, it was one thing when you were at one level and you could root somebody else on and push them in the elevation that God was carrying them through. But when it came your time and you stepped into your elevation, then it was like, "Uh uh-oh, wait, wait, hold on. You know, new level, new devil. It's like, hold up. Okay, well, I don't really know if I really want to walk through this. But I'm saying, as a leader, as you get into that position, first of all, you you step up so you have a new vantage point. So you see things differently. You encounter things differently because you stepped up. So now that you've stepped up, you've got to recognize and understand you've got to step up your warfare, you've got to step up your game plan, and God in heaven knows you've got to step up your praise, okay, because it is the power of God to excel us that will keep us in the midst of what we're walking through. And here's something else that is vital. Here's something else that is vital. And you need, I, I, I really i am speaking to our, our listeners, but I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me, Tam, okay? This was something that I was talking to my husband about just a couple of hours ago. And I was sharing with him what God had given me. God had gave me a word for the two of us this morning, and that word was that we were transitioning to a new dimension. In the midst of all we have walked through as husband and wife, all the pitfalls, all the the stumbling blocks, all the, you know, okay, I don't know if I really want to deal with you today, all of that, no, maybe I don't even really want to deal with this marriage period, all of that, all that we have walked through has gotten us to we are right where we are right today. But here's what's vital. In the midst of the transition, we have to understand that God is giving us a powerful testimony, but as we go to the new season, we got to make sure we don't bring the baggage and the clothes of the old season into the new season. Okay, so you're in a new season, my sister. Don't bring that baggage from the old season into the new season. God gave it to me just like this as I was talking to Carlton, just like this. He said, you are going from the winter to the spring. In the winter, you had on heavy clothes. You had on sweaters and coats and hats and gloves, all these things to keep you warm and to isolate you in that winter season. Now that you're going into the spring season, take all that stuff off. Because if you carry that stuff into the spring, then you're overburdened. You got too much on, and you will not be able to appreciate the newness and the goodness of that new season. So you have to get to that place in going from your test to your testimony that you recognize the hand of God in transition and recognize when you're coming out of that place. The enemy will try to keep you bound and submerged in the old season so that you will not be able to appreciate and enjoy the You've got to be mindful and you've got to recognize it. So all of that mess that mess, some of it might have been necessary to shield you, to cover you, to keep you warm in that old season, but now you're transitioning into a new season. All that other stuff, you got to take off them layers. you got to peel them off and leave them in the season you're coming out of so that as you transition into your new season, you transition with power and with 
glory. It's not just about elevation and promotion. It is transitioning with power and with glory so that you have a testimony that you you gained in that past season of what you walked through, and it's a powerful testimony, and it is great, and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, but now you've transitioned into a new season. So it's time for a new testimony. You know, time for you to be a front runner on another level. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I love that. Man, you can talk to the rest of the show. And I feel like every time I, I, I'm on the show with you, I thank God because it speaks to me too. I'm not perfect. You know, that's amazing because you know, sis, I didn't talk to you today until now into the show. But my husband and I too were talking this morning. And I said, the Lord told me we get ready, we're going through a transition. See, when we were together before, I, I couldn't trust you. I didn't know how to trust you because I, I, I had trust issues and I didn't know how to do mm. certain things as a wife. I, I really didn't. So we made a lot of mistakes financially and different things and it caused a setback. But I thank God because we, I know it now. And my husband said, you know, the Lord is telling me that we're like in a canoe now, a boat. And instead of you swimming one way and I'm swimming the other way, we're swimming together. Mm. And then well, after yes. we swim together, everything gets better. Our finances get better. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Since he was like, our making love gets better. Our being together gets better. Our friendship gets better. Right. You know, because when we right. got married, we went through, we had um, in-between kids, teenagers, not even a teenager yet and one a teenager. So we went through a lot of things together with them both and transitioning mm-hmm. our family, being single. My husband lost a wife to death. And uh, me, to me, I lost relationships in a different kind of way. It, it was a death. So coming together, mm-hmm. it caused a ripples, a lot of ripples and different things. But you know why I thank God? Because he let me know today that being on that job right now, it's hard right now, but I wouldn't have equipped you because sometimes it's amazing. They'll put two, they never trained me. They just have, I have just gone out there it's like I've been there before. Never been a, I've been a supervisor before at a hotel, but nothing different like at a, a Sam's Club or something like that, sis. So now it's like secondary. Mm-hmm. But every time it seems like there ain't no hardly no help. When I, as soon as I come in, people blah, 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 blah. Man, right after the battle was over, I'm sitting down going, Lord, you allowed me to make it through unshaved. See, what they thought mm-hmm. they, they were setting up because they, I, the Lord told me it's a test right now. Because they're trying to look mm. at something different in you now. But I've given you everything mm-hmm. you need. I've equipped you. Stop being, stop saying that, Lord, how are they doing this to me? Why are they doing this? I don't, they don't have to. Mm. He said, but I'm equipping you. You're running, all, you're running everything without even knowing that you're running it. And they're looking oh at you. And, they're, and they're, 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 there is another position that you're going to thrust through. And I thank God, my husband said, they can really promote you again. I think he said, I know so. And a lot of people ain't going to understand because you ain't been there long. But God said he's already equipped you with what you need to go to the mm-hmm. next level. Mm-hmm. How can yeah. I say what I want to really get into is real estate? How can I say that I can do that? That's on my own. That's running my own business. That's doing what I got to do. But I know something, sis, and I'm going to end it at this. I heard the Lord three, four years ago, maybe four years ago. I woke up and I said to my husband, what is a million-dollar money marketing mogul? He said, why you say that? I said, because I heard the Lord say, you're going to be a million-dollar money marketing mogul. 
Well, mm. see, I can't see it because that even the title seems so much greater than where I feel like my level is now, where I am in my life. Mm-hmm. I look around and I say, mm-hmm. no way. How can it be? But you know, my mm. husband said, man, you're in America. Do you know that you can wake up and be a millionaire the next day? Overnight. You come up with an idea, right. a reason, right. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He said it's there for mm-hmm. you. So I'm speaking it into mm-hmm. existence even since I know you. How long you've been through the struggle? How long you've been the person? See, people don't realize that Joseph wasn't always, he wasn't always where he was. He didn't know that in the midst mm-hmm. of even everything that his brothers would sell him out to slavery and be caught in a ditch and then people would be jealous of him and he would be a slave for mm-hmm. years and nobody, mm-hmm. he didn't know all that. But see, everybody want to know the glory but don't nobody want to know the story. And I'm here to tell you right mm-hmm. now you're going to have to be able to read the book if you want to be able to endure yeah. it. Don't say you want a company, yeah. and then now people acting crazy, jealous of you, don't want you in positions, telling you that you ain't got a reason to be here, saying things to you that you ain't mm-hmm. never heard before. But God said you've been chosen for such a time as this. To elevate to another level, God said he's positioning all the soldiers in many different places. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Get ready. Because on my way to work, I said, Lord, oh, why do I have to go through this? He said, because our harvest is much, but the laborers are few. Mm. If you say you stand for Jesus, yeah. do you really mean it? Because if you were in the okay. Army, the Air Force, the Navy, or the Marines, you would have to serve them because that's the code of ethics. We were talking about that last mm. show, wasn't we, Sis? Of honor. See, mm-hmm. all this ties mm-hmm. in together. Mm-hmm. Your, test, your testimony, your honor. When you're seeing it through, how are you standing? I'm not going to tell you all sometimes that I don't open up my mouth. I tell people a lot of times what I really truly feel now. And sometimes the Lord say, don't say anything at all. See, you got to be able. And that's what he said to me. See, now you got to spend some real serious time with me. Because I got to give you the strategy that it's going to take for you to endure this war. Yes. Yes. Are you ready? What they say, get on your march. Get set. When are you getting ready to go? When are you getting ready to finally do it? Because I'm going to tell you something. I've been a talker before in my life. But it's truly now God is starting to move and shift things. And I'm going, really, Lord, right now? He said there was handmaidens waiting. Wasn't it, sis? We're burning other oil. Some was on one side. Some was on the other side. Some got tired of waiting. And they all burned out. They didn't think to fill it back up. And some kept enduring to the end. But you don't know when God is going to show up and show out in your life. Well, why don't you be ready? Be be ready, because, see, I know what it's like to miss the mark so many times. Hold on and trust in God, and in the end, I'm getting mad. I'm having a tantrum, a spiritual tantrum, telling God what I don't want no more and don't do it no more, and this is Mm -hmm. it. I'm done. And I missed it because I was in between time, and the blessing was right there. Mm. Hold on, mm. it's a little bit. We longer. have a we we can definitely prolong our in between time. You know, think about the children yes. of Israel. They could have been in the promised land in two weeks, took them forty years, because they prolonged their in between time with their murmuring and their complaining and their not knowing their God. I keep hearing going back and back to that. You must know your God. How do you know your God? By seeking after Him, seeking after His will, seeking after His desires for your life. That's how you get from test to testimony. You can't do it relying on your own own feelings. Let me tell you something. Popular opinion is popular with man. It is not popular with God. 
So you cannot allow popular opinion to to give you the dictates of how you lo- use you live your life. Say it again, sir. It's not about man's popular popular opinion. It's not popular with God. It's popular with man. You cannot get from test to testimony just going on what's popular with man. You know, man will tell you that this to do it this way. Man will say, you know, it is popular to seek after this and to seek after that. But popular opinion will cause you to miss God because God does not deal in popularity. He deals in sovereignty. Whether he's popular or not, he is sovereign. Whether you believe him or not, it doesn't change the fact that he is sovereign. And when you walk in disobedience to the things that he's calling you to, then you remove his glory from you, and that's when you become naked. Think about it. In the garden, God, it wasn't that God didn't know where, Abraham, where, where um, Adam was. When he said, Adam, where art thou? He wasn't looking for him. He was looking for his glory that was upon him. As long as creation, as long as the animals saw Adam and he carried the glory of God, they respected that glory. So whatever Adam called them, that was their name. Whatever Adam professed, that's what it was because he carried the glory of God. He disobeyed in eating the forbidden fruit. God could have cared less about the fruit. It was the obedience that was important. And once he chose to disobey a direct command from God, then he became naked because he removed the glory of God, that hedge of protection, that shield, that that clothing that made him look and sound like God to creation. He removed that because of his disobedience. But we have to recognize and understand that in the midst of our test, and we're walking through as an example to others again so that we can be hope, that hope of glory in someone else's life. We can stand flat-footed and say, baby, I know you're going to make it. How do I know? Because I've been where you're at, and God brought me out. He can bring you out only in your obedience to him. Remember, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. David didn't defeat Goliath because of his power and his might. He defeated Goliath because of knowing his God and allowing the spirit of God to take over as he pronounced the words of God over that enemy. And that enemy had to fall. The enemy had to fall. This is a little kid going up against a giant with a slingshot. We know it wasn't by power nor might. But the Spirit of God took over because he professed the things of God. He told Goliath about his God. He didn't tell Goliath about his strength. He didn't tell Goliath about the fear of the men. He didn't do any of that. He told Goliath about his God. And in the name of his God, he professed that Goliath was going to fall that day. And he did. We have to understand the power that has been entrusted in us. When you are so caught up in popularity of man rather than the popularity of the kingdom of God, then you're going to miss the blessings of God. You're going to miss the blessings of God. I, I, I say this with all reverence and respect and honor to people that are around me. 
I really don't care what you think. <laughs> okay? I mean that. I I care in the fact that I want you to see God living within me and see the difference that his life makes in my life so that you would have the question, what must I do to have the peace and the joy in the midst of that you have? To make uh, my, my concern, my desire is that it would spur something in someone else to seek after the heart of God, to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, that chase after God. Okay, but as far as popular opinion goes, what you think really matters none to me. See, because I've got to follow and be obedient to the things of God more than I'm obedient to the things of man, things of God that gives me that, that ability to survive the things of man. Man is fickle. We know that. He will change in a heart, and we know the enemy is out to kill us and destroy us. So we've got to go after the heart of God, the things of God. That's how you get from your test to your testimony. That's how you get through. We may not always understand. Heaven knows that when we lose someone, we don't understand. It's like, I, I you know, it's hard to, to wrap your mind around, God, why would you do that? And the first thought is, why would you do that to me? Why would you take that person from me? I don't understand. You said you loved me. And God says, I do. I never stop loving you. And whatever that situation is that caused that separation for the moment between you and that person, it's a temporary situation. Prayerfully, that person knew God. Prayerfully, you had taken the time to live a life before that person that gave honor unto God and caused that person to desire a relationship with God. We get so caught up in, I love you. Well, God says, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. If you're keeping the commandments of God and showing forth his love in this dark, wicked, and perverse nation and world that we live in, then you are causing those around you, including your family members and your coworkers and even the stranger you meet on the street, you're causing them to get to know the God that you claim that you love. You're causing them to want to search and seek after him. And if that be the case, then you are only temporarily separated from that individual because if both of you know your God, love your God, and have confessed and, pro- and professed your your allegiance to your God, you're not going to see each other again. It's just, you know, it's a temporary situation. It's not permanent. Eternity is much longer than this little time we have on earth. So in all things, you are willing and able and uh, uh, have the ability to give praise unto God to turn that test into a testimony. Because, you know, this is just temporary because I'm going to live my life to the best of my ability in God so that I can see you again. I'm not going to rush the time because I have a job to do on this earth. I was created for a purpose, just like you were created for a purpose. Now, maybe your purpose was over, mine's not over yet because I'm yet still here. So until mine is over, I am going to live it to the fullness of what God created me to be and to do so that we can be together again. You know, it, it really, there, there's so many layers to what God has called us to, and we miss it 
so many times. You cannot get that test to the place of a testimony if you're not willing to walk out the test. And how do you walk out the test? You walk out the test by the knowledge of knowing that you serve an almighty God, not a temporal God, not a God that is made of wood or stone or metal, but an almighty God who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, who created you for purpose and destiny, and part of that purpose and destiny is to walk out the tents that are in your life to his glory so that you can be that example for the one coming behind you to give an account, to give an account of the God that you serve. Mr. D.L. Henry, how you be today? <laughs> Good God, I need to give an account. You know what? Pray for me. Pray, please pray for me. I tell you, God is God is so good. But I was sitting here, I got about fifteen minutes to do, and that's what I've been working on. And time has gotten by, so I do apologize uh, for it. But I don't want to blow nobody up. When you're doing these designs and stuff, you got to make sure you don't hit no electrical line or no gas line. Oh, please don't. So I get yeah, kinda yeah, in. please do I, it right. Do it right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just I've been working on this since yesterday. Since about since about mm-hmm. eleven o'clock that morning and got up this morning about two a.m. working on it, fell asleep, been working on it ever since. And so, but mm-hmm. I I just didn't want. I was like, well, you know what? I said I'm so late. When I looked at it, I said this don't make no sense. I said and it wasn't like you didn't text us either. So I apologize. <laughs> but to God be the glory, I am up here these last few minutes. And I just I was just gonna sit back. I said at least I can call in and listen. Because I know there's gonna be some mm-hmm. good word coming from Minister Collette. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's 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 what I was doing for you. Amen. Amen. Well you share your your heart, you know, on getting from a test to a testimony. Share with because you know, you got a whole bunch of testimonies that God has had to walk you through. You had to walk through the test in order to be able to, even in your comedy, encourage others to get through their test and turn it into that testimony and to overcome. So share your heart, my brother. Well, the the the, the truth of the matter is uh, most people don't like tests, whether it's a math test or English test or whatever the test is. But this test of life, I come to find out if we all had the option of not uh, taking it, we probably wouldn't. But uh, if you're living, there will be a test. Now, how you mm. do on that test uh, totally determines how you de- decide that you're going to face that. I learned about five years back. I know I've been saved a long time, but I learned about five years back to embrace your trials, to embrace the test, yeah. uh, because whether you, you want it or not, it's coming. And so, you know, mm. through... Um, all of those uh, things, I have learned, no matter what the test is, that God is the ultimate, the ultimate partner. The problem is the reason why we, we fail the test and we, we have what you call the testimony is because the simple fact is that somewhere through it all, we have a tendency of forgetting who's there with us. And so we, we try to handle things ourselves, and we try to do things ourselves, and God is saying uh, to us, you know, I'm right here. It's almost like you ever seen a wrestling match, and you, you're getting mm-hmm. beat up, 
and your and your partner's mm-hmm. out there like, here's my hand, just reach out. You right Tag there by me. the turnbuckle. <laughs> Tag me. Yes. Just just yes. reach out and just tag me. He's throwing you all mm. around this ring. You he even threw you over by me. And while he was throwing you, why oh you just God. didn't tag me? I'm fresh. Mm. I'm mm. ready to mm. go in. I'm ready to fight because mm. I have enough energy when you don't to fight the battle. But the bottom line oh is God. that we will not tag God in because the simple fact mm. is that we're trying to win the match on our own. But the bottom line mm. is that you know what? This is not a match that you can win on your own. You have to have God. And so you don't want your testimony to be, I got tossed to and fro for years. I ain't trying to get, you know how much it takes to get tossed to and fro for years? Mm. I mean, think about that. You're getting beat up for years. Now, if you ever got in a fight and you ever got, somebody ever got the best of you, and all of us always, We've always been in some fight somewhere where we felt like somebody got the mm-hmm. best of us. Just think about, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about physically, but think about that spiritually and mentally, going through that every day. Mm-hmm. Having to deal with that every day, how that would break you down, how that would discourage you, how that would hold you back, how that would keep you from the things of God. But now it's, mm-hmm. it's different when someone comes after you and it's two of you fighting them. Or when one of them said, you know what, back up, I I got this. Mm. You know, if you had a big brother or big sister, and then somebody just said, you know Mm. what, you ain't even got to fight. I'll take care of this. And that's what what God is saying to us a lot of times. He said, that doesn't even have to be your testimony if you would have just tagged me in. So my my heart is, stop trying to do it all yourself. Because half these testimonies aren't testimonies. Half the things that you're going through is because of disobedience, because you wouldn't tag in your partner. Now, it's one thing if you ain't living nothing and you ain't professing Christ. And I'm talking to the believers right now because we're the ones that's never tagging uh, Christ in, or God in. When he's right there, you ain't, got to do, you ain't got to do that. Some things you will endure. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. there's some stuff yeah. you don't have to go through. And I, I and I used to tell my children this all the time. Why would I go through something that someone already else went through and they told me about? Colette, mm. if you went through something and you told me, you said, you know what, I walked down this road and I fell in this ditch. And uh, I, I was in that ditch for hours. And then nobody come by and I finally got out the ditch. Now, why am I going to go and walk that same road and fall in that same ditch when you just told me well, you know what I did? Right. So why would I do that? And then we want to tell people about the ditch experience as if it's a testimony. That's not a testimony because the simple fact is that you didn't have to endure that. My God, for real, for real. The first person that fell in the ditch, that was the one with the testimony. If you came behind it knowing, knowing what was going on. Yep. That's right. good. That's good. Wow. So, so my the bottom line is that let your true test be your true testimony. Don't let your mm. disobedience be your testimony. That's good. A lot of times, yes. people disobedience is their testimony. It's not their test. Mm. God never had that set up for you. It was your disobedience. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
So we need to call that a testimony, not a testimony. That wasn't your test. That was that was that was you. And this the not, results of your disobedience. It's your result, right? It's the results of your disobedience, not your test. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. people go back mm-hmm. and they start, you know, talking uh, 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 about this, and, and 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 you know what? And and we all guilty at some point because I didn't understand it. Like I said, I didn't understand what the testimony was. But the simple fact is that here's the deal. We always talking about how God delivered us from sugars and diabetes and all this stuff. That's not your testimony. That's because of your disobedience. Mm. Ain't nobody tell you eat all mm. that them pork chops and ribs and cupcakes and mm. it was your disobedience. Wow. That wasn't a test. It was never meant for you to have diabetes or you know high blood pressure. God didn't mean any of that. But now you're using it as is, a testimony. I got it straight. <laughs> right. Testimony. I got it right. right. I learned my lesson and I got it right. That's your that's your testimony that I was disobedient, but now I got it straight. Yes. Not that God delivered me from diabetes. No, you got it straight. And because you got it straight, the diabetes the, the diabetes are no longer there. Because you ain't, I, I'm going to try to tell you, God don't bless foolishness. This is what people don't understand. People are like, well, you know what? If you got diabetes, then stop doing the things that gave you diabetes. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll stop a whole lot of that foolishness. It it really mm-hmm. will. But the problem is, is that sometimes we have stayed um, um, being um, disobedient so long that we can't even recover. The body can't even recover because your body is a temple. It's the temple where the Holy Holy Spirit dwells. A lot of times spirit can't dwell in there because of so much other stuff. That's why it talks about, you know what, God can't pour your spirit in an um, old, old wine skin. I think they call it the crew. Mm-hmm. You have to empty yourself out. That's what he's talking about. You got to empty yourself out of that mm-hmm. stuff in order to receive who, who God is, what God has for you. God can't, God can't, he, he could, but God doesn't put um, healing anointing over diabetes. It, it's just, it, it's not, and hear me when I, I say this, not that God can't heal you, but what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that you're speaking to someone about their healing or having this healing anointing. See, because what I, I put it to you this way, I'll I put it in, in my case, in my heart. God can put this spirit of laughter in me if I'm so bitter. Mm. Mm. He, so you, there is cooperation on your side for God's miracle or what have you to come forth. Right. Even for your time, you have to cooperate with me, God. I've gone through enough to be bitter. <laughs> you, you know, I've gone through mm-hmm. enough to be mm-hmm. bitter, but that's not mm-hmm. how God blesses. He uses your gift once he realized that, you know what, you're not going to allow your circumstance to dictate who you are. Mm-hmm. That's when God truly blesses you, regardless of what you, you go through. And that's why he healed people, because he's just like, you know what, yeah, I'm going to heal you because you're not allowing your circumstance. But are you doing Amen. the same thing that Amen. you did in order to, to stay in disobedience? No. There's a change that has God. to come. I agree. Right, right. There's a right. change that has to come. 
And once that change comes, Amen. that's when God says, you know what, I can work in this person now because changes come. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, Amen. I took all the time. We I apologize. We are at the end of the show. It, it, it is. That's all right, though. It was good. It was good. It was a good word. So basically what DL is saying, it just goes, it correlates with what we were talking about earlier. Know your transition. Know that God is taking you into a new season, and in that new season, if he's taking you from the winter to the spring, you have to pull off those winter clothes. You've got to take all those things off that might have served you in that past season, but it's not going to serve you in this new season. So as you walk Mm -hmm. into your testimony, as you walk from that place of testing into that place of victory, of of getting your A, of of getting an A plus, that's what we're we're decreeing over you, that you have passed this test in order that you can bring somebody else along and share with them. I think it was very, very powerful what DL said about falling into the ditch. Don't go and fall into the same ditch that somebody else has just come out of and told you gave you the victory on a silver platter because they told you, sis, if you walk down that road about a mile and a half down the road, there is a ditch. You cannot go that way because you will fall in that ditch. Then you've got the tools you need to avoid the ditch. You take a different route. So hear hear what is being said today, and I pray that it's in your spirit to understand that as a forerunner, as that one taking the task, as that one God is using so that you can be that catalyst to help someone else get through their testing into their testimony, do not ever forget that it is not by power nor by might, but it's by the spirit of the living God that you will develop your testimony out of your test. To God be the glory. We got to go. We're, we're, we're over time, but we thank God for it. Thank you, DL. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, listening audience. We pray that this has, this has blessed you. We encourage you to share it. Share the show. You know other people that need to hear encouragement, need to know that there is a way out, there is a other side to whatever it is they're going through. And in it all, God gets the glory. Hallelujah. We will be back with you next Sunday, same God time, same God channel. Be blessed, you guys. Have an incredible week. And, D.L., make sure you get those plans right. <laughs> all right, will do. <laughs> God bless. Amen. And God bless. Let's keep it real